Hello everyone, and welcome back to Fear. In this week's episode, Paul gets a better understanding of the destruction caused by the zombie wars. Stay tuned to find out what unfolds. I flipped to the next page and realized a bunch of the pages were missing. It looked like the pages had been torn out. I wonder if this was an act of desperation or if it was just some random damage over many years. Regardless, I pushed past the half pages of nothing to the next full page. October 29th, 2020. I'm starting to feel like I'm finally getting into the shape I was in when I was in the army. Doing normal amounts of PT was doing wonders for my body. The entire family have been put on some sort of fitness plan to help everyone's mental well-being as well as their physical. Over the past month, it had been a mix of guard duty and modified basic training. The majority of the training up to this point had just been getting us physically fit enough to survive with the regular army folks. We still had a long way to go in my opinion, but we were doing pretty well. Life on the base had been amazing as well. I don't know if we would have lasted this long without finding it. We would have been like the rest of the unlucky bastards that we saw on the way in here. The fighting at the gate has pretty much stopped at this point. Luckily, even though Watertown is one of the major city centers up here, it's still really small, all things considered. There have also been many more families that have been able to make it here as well. My kids are even attending classes again. Everything feels like it really can't get much better. October 30th, 2020. Staff Sergeant Kelly has said that he's going to be picking one of us to go out with the regular army folks to see how well we mesh with the unit. He said he would let us know by tomorrow who would be the one going. I was secretly hoping that I wouldn't be picked just because I had a family and they were here with me, but I'd be willing to go if necessary. It wouldn't be the first time I rolled out into dangerous situations, but it had been a while since I had to go out and deal with any of the undead. From what I've heard from the soldiers, a lot of changed since then. It seemed like the zombies were setting up ambush points, but weren't really able to finish the actual ambush. But it did seem like they were getting closer to figuring out how to pull it off. One of the soldiers told me he and his squad had got locked into a convenience store on a walking patrol. They swore all the exits were unlocked when they went and cleared it. They thought the other squad was messing with them, but in reality, two zombies on the outside had managed to lock them in. The problem for the zombies is they didn't really know what to do after that. This all made me a bit nervous to deal with these smarter zombies. What if I go out there and they finally start to get things right? I don't want to leave the kids without a dad for nothing. It's not worth dwelling on the thought right now, though. October 31st, 2020. Halloween. Rachel was not a happy lady when she found out Sergeant Kelly chose me to go out on the first mission. Luckily, it was a simple one, though. We were going to patrol the outer perimeter of the base and make sure the fences were not being overwhelmed anywhere. After that, we were going to head into the local supermarkets in Watertown for some supplies. I figured that would be the only part where any real issues could arise. I was told the mission would take place the next day at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was allowed to head back to my room for the day and spend the rest of my Halloween with them. We were able to scrape together a few makeshift costumes and let the kids run around for a little while. Didn't want to dress up any of them as zombies this year, though. I think you can understand why. November 1st, 2020. Today was a really cold day. It was one of the first truly cold days of the year, so I made sure I brought an extra pair of gloves and a thicker jacket. I gave Rachel and the kids a kiss and headed to the staging area. When I got there, I was greeted by Sergeant Kelly, who told me he would be coming with us as well to make sure I was treated right by the other soldiers. At this point, I knew quite a few of them, but met a few the first time as well. We did our safety brief and the NCOs made sure that everyone had everything they needed. We loaded up in the trucks and went outside the wire. I expected to be in the middle of constant firefights when we left the base, kind of like what I expected when I was deployed, even though that never ended up happening either. The same thing happened now as it did back then. It was so quiet that all you really heard was the trucks going slowly down the road. We had to go slow because of all the traffic that had piled up outside the base. 
Unlucky for the most of the drivers, they didn't manage to make it inside. Many of the cars were tunes for small families. I saw one car that had been, appeared to be a father and a son in it, and it sent shivers down my spine. If we hadn't been allowed to stay on the base, would that be me and my boy? I had to push the thought out of my mind. Thinking like that in a situation like this was a good way to get yourself killed, and I only had one primary mission, get back home to my family. The perimeter check went without a hitch, except for the one spot that we had quite a few zombies piled up on the fences. From the way it looked, people tried to scale the fence to get away from the zombies, but weren't able to make it over. They must have died and were driven to what they couldn't accomplish in life. We put that down relatively quickly. The order was given to load back up and that we were headed back into Watertown. If I thought the roads were bad on the outside of Drum, the roads to Watertown were way worse. There were so many accidents that we had to drive on the other side of the road about 10 feet off the shoulder to even get to where we were going. There were some road crews that were trying to clear up the road, but it was slow going and extremely dangerous. I don't envy those poor bastards that were doing that. It took us about an hour to get from Drum to Watertown, but now we were sitting in the front of the Great American Grocery Store. This is a mom and pop grocery store that I would lived near for the past five years. I knew the layout of the place pretty well, so I wasn't that nervous. I was set up with Sergeant Kelly and another two privates. Our job was to head into the back of the building and clear the back and basement if there was one. Another team would clear the majority of the, of the actual grocery storefront, and then another group was going to cordon on the perimeter to make sure that we didn't get swamped. Again, I couldn't believe how quiet this place was. I figured it would be flooded with zombies. I guess they must have made their way to drum and caught a bullet by now. Another odd thing was the total lack of bodies that had been there prior to me leaving Watertown. I asked if a crew had been out here to clean up the bodies, but uh, they said the only thing that had been out there was for people to scavenge. I wondered what had happened to the bodies again, but I had to put that out of my mind because the mission had to get done. We went to the back of the building and posted up on the door. Luckily, it didn't look like this building had a basement to deal with, so all we had to do was clear the back rooms and link back up with the main element. It smelled awful in this place. Everything had spoiled and it left this awful smell in the air. Kind of like the smell of a kid's cup that had old milk in it. Except take that old milk, shove it in a three-year-old dirty diaper, and then throw up onto it. This was a new level of stink that I didn't even know was possible. I was hoping it was just the rotting food and not the undead waiting for us. To my surprise, it was just the smell of rotting food, and I was grateful for it. As we were about to link back up with the main element, I heard the scream of something that sounded otherworldly. It was one of them, but it sounded like it was trying to talk. It almost sounded like it was trying to say attack, but in a really distorted, almost demonic way. The sound sent shivers down my spine. We went out to see how the main element was doing as the first wave of them came running in. We tried heading to the back, but someone had locked it from the outside. So we went back into the front of the grocery store and tried to find another exit we could use. At this point, we were only maybe a minute or two from being completely overrun by the dead. It looked like the entire city was barreling down on us. I was able to find another exit out and my team followed. That's when we started hearing the screaming. It was a mixture of the soldiers and the creatures. I tried to yell out to the other team, but they couldn't hear me over all the carnage. Sergeant Kelly told me to get my ass in gear and move now. We tried to head back over to the trucks, but at this point they were completely overrun by the dead that it wasn't an option to get to them. I told them my old house was right up the street and we might be able to hide there until this calmed down. We ran as fast and quietly as we could to the house I had abandoned about a month ago. The zombies must have been too busy eating the rest of the platoon to notice that we managed to make it out of there. We made it to my house without much more of an issue and made our way upstairs to assess the situation. How in the hell was my grandfather able to survive this? It sounded like the zombies were getting more of their original cells back every day. It sounds like it was only a matter of time until one of those ambushes was successful. My grandfather always did say if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all.
Thank you for listening. Come back next time to find out what happens on The Lost Generation.